Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 24th is Isaiah chapters 35 and 36. The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a wild flower. It will blossom abundantly and will also rejoice with joy and singing. My friends, if you are a child of God and you are feeling as though you are in a desert place, in the wilderness, if you're feeling like a dry land that is barren and you're thirsty for more, you're thirsty for more of God, you want to see God come and move and yet you feel like you're in this place where you cannot bear fruit because there's no water There's no movement of God. There's no Holy Spirit. You will blossom abundantly, my friends, if you continue walking with him, if you continue waiting for him. The glory of Lebanon will be given to you. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon will see the glory of Yahweh, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, Isaiah 35, 3 says. Steady the shaking knees. Say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. Who needs saving more than somebody who's being oppressed? Somebody being taken advantage of? Somebody being abused? I think of the children that are being abused worldwide, especially in America, where it should not happen. It shouldn't happen anywhere, especially not in the land of the free. I think of those who are mistreated at work, those who are mistreated at home, Those who are mistreated at school or as they leave their home to go out to one of those places. They need to be saved. And it's hard. It is so hard when you are oppressed by people bigger and stronger and louder with more resources. But the scripture says to the one who is walking with God, who is waiting for God to come, hold on, he will save you. And of course, it's talking specifically in these verses to the nation of Israel nearly 3,000 years ago. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. The tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert and the parched ground will become a pool. The thirsty land will become springs. 
A road will be there and a way. It will be called the holy way. Jesus talked about a narrow way or a narrow path and few find it. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for the one who walks the path, for the the one who walks with Yahweh, who keeps God's commands. Fools will not wander on it, those who reject God's wisdom. There will be no lion there, nothing to fear. No vicious beast will go up on it. They will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk on it. And the ransomed of Yahweh will return, those ransomed by the blood of the perfect Lamb of God will walk on it. And they will come to Zion singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. So it's talking about after Israel has been decimated, there will be a a, move of the people of God back to that holy land. And it happened literally, and it will happen spiritually worldwide, where Jew and Gentile alike will return to the place of the holy land to worship Jesus in his physical form once he returns and sets the world in order. My friends, it is a glorious thing to look forward to. Many Christians have gone to their graves waiting for that day and perhaps even disappointed that they went to be with him before he came here to be with us in physical form. But the truth remains that Jesus is the one in control and he will return and He's given us a charge not to hide and wait to escape this world, but to make a change. He charged us when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it is right here. You can touch it. Then we have this shifting of gears from this poetic prophecy and chapter 35 to chapter 36, back to the reign of King Hezekiah in Judah. And look at this picture, this accurate historical recording of physical events that actually took place and conversations between real people that took place. But look at how the enemy works. It's the same way that Satan works against the people of God today. The king of Assyria, who had a mighty army, came and invaded Judah. Watchmen came and said, Tell your king, go ahead and resign. Go ahead and forfeit. Go ahead and admit that we are the winners and that He cannot stand against Assyria. We have a mighty army. You guys have nothing. And remember, Hezekiah was a righteous king. We were told in 2 Kings, there was no king of Judah like him either before or after. 
he demolished the high places. He was a righteous king, and God wanted to bless him for that. And yet the enemy comes, and at first there's a there's a whisper, "Hey, do, do you mind? Can, can we go inside and talk? I, there's no need to bother all these guards out here; they can overhear us." And the messenger from the king of Assyria shouted in Hebrew to the men, the messengers all around. You guys are going to die. But if you come with us, you'll have a great life. We're going to take you away to this other land that's just as good as your land here. And by the way, God sent us here. Your God, Yahweh, sent us here. Yahweh is the one who told us to come and make war against you. You're so much better off just to be on Yahweh's side by joining forces with us. Isn't that what the enemy does? And these men, if they did not know Yahweh for themselves, how would you argue with that? If somebody comes to you, my friend, and says, God told me to bring you with me. Come on, let's go. If you don't know the voice of God for yourself, you have no leg to stand on. So you have to go with them. Or you say you you don't follow God after all. But this messenger from the king of Assyria said two things. We're going to take you to another land. Well, there's a red flag. God wants his people in the Holy Land. And they also said, none of the other gods of all these different nations were able to stand up against us either. So don't. Don't think that your God's going to either. So as soon as they compared Yahweh to the gods of all the other nations, somebody who knew God personally would know these guys are not from God. But the thing is, if they did not know God, if they'd not been spending time with God, if they'd not been reading their Bibles, they would have no idea who to follow sure they were talking with each other about it. A Christian would be able to decipher if it was God's will or not, but only if they'd been walking with God, if they actually knew God. Which boat would you fall in, my friends? Something we should all ask ourselves, no doubt. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.